Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about a very important topic, which is minimizing the effect of divorce or separation on your kids. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk. It's an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I have great pleasure in chatting to two wonderful ladies, Danny and Jackie, who are the founders of what I would consider to be one of the best family law firms in the country, Family Law Life. Um, Now, Danny and Jackie are both family and collaborative lawyers, as well as having that other very important job that we call motherhood. Um, Danny is a busy mum to three kids under eight, which exhausts me just thinking about. And Jackie is a proud single mum to a 10-year-old daughter. And what I believe makes them particularly exceptional in their industry is their experience and their ethos. Both ladies have had their own personal journeys with their parents' bitter divorces. So their main focus is to do divorce differently. And Jackie, as a single mother herself, practices what she preaches when it comes to her relationship with her ex-husband and is happy to report an ongoing amicable relationship can be achieved, something that I second from my experience also. Um, In terms of their business ethos, they're a wholehearted family lawyers and they follow their passion to work together with families and change their experience of separation and divorce for the better. So very much in line with Beanstalk. They believe in educating families and showing them that there are more cost-effective and peaceful and positive options available to them and by doing it this way it will support the healing and take them happily into the next phase of their life. Welcome to the podcast ladies. Thanks Lucy. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Lucy. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. I've been desperate to have you on here. We've probably had this booked in for about three months or something like that now, haven't we? (laughs) Because I, I love what you do, very aligned with what you're doing and paving this whole new world in terms of divorce. Um, how ingrained is it in our society that divorce is a bad word and how hard are you having to fight to change that perception at the moment? Somehow along the way we just accepted that divorce equaled war Um, and I suppose media doesn't help with that perception and um, I suppose hand in hand with that family lawyers have gotten a very bad reputation over the years as I suppose second hand car salesmen or, you know, ambulance chasers, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we've had to try very, very hard <laughs> to change that perception. And we have a personal joke between us that when we go out and, you know, people ask us, what do you do? We pretend that we're florists because it's just such a nicer conversation <laughs> to have. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah, and you'd you'd have to learn quite a lot about flowers to pull that one off, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We'll end the conversation and move on. (laughs) Move move on, move topic. But I mean, that's quite interesting because that does go to show, doesn't it, really, um, Mm. what people do think of family lawyers. And yet there are some out there that are, um, like you, really trying to change the way things are done. And that's the word that we want to get out through this podcast through Beanstalk and just generally 
um, throughout the, the whole of the country and the world because um, I was just speaking before we came on air about, um, I was just talking to ABC News about co-parenting and there's been so many comments on the article that was published, um, a lot of which are negative um, because people who don't, haven't been there, they don't understand, do they, um, that mm. these things co-parenting, divorce, they can be okay. They just have to be approached the right way, don't they? Absolutely. And I always say, and I think this will be on my tombstone one day, that there are so many different options available to families to help them navigate and to get through um, this, you know, upsetting and difficult time in their life. Um, but, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, mm. you know, our, our aim is always to support everyone through the process as, you know, as easily and amicably as possible. Um, because the aim is to obviously, you know, ensure that relationships can be mended to a certain degree because, you know, parents can be, are going to be parents for a really long time and mm. so important to preserve that relationship. Yeah, so it's just putting the options out there, isn't it? And let's, let's start doing that. I'm going to start asking you some questions um, to help us on this topic today. Okay. Um, so I know what we're talking is about right now is very close to your hearts due to experiences you've both been through, which I touched on earlier. Can you tell us a little bit about them and how it's brought you to where you are today, helping others? Well, yeah, I, I suppose for me, my parents divorced when I was seven and my sister was were five and two. And um, it was extremely bitter. There was ongoing animosity for so many years. <laughs> I mean, I really... I don't even know if we've healed yet from it. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Yeah. And I just remember as a seven-year-old just being really frustrated and hearing my parents talk to their lawyers and just being really confused and thinking, what the hell is wrong with these lawyers? Why aren't they making this go away? Why aren't they meeting, making the fighting stop? And I also thought to myself, well, where's my lawyer? Why isn't anyone listening to what I think? And... Um, so I very naively decided at seven years of age that that's what I was going to do with my life, that I was going to be a lawyer and I was going to help other kids who were going through this and help their parents to stop fighting. Mm, that's and brilliant. So it was very, very naive. But fast forward now and family law life has currently 3% of our clients in court. Um, and so... We're really proud that we're actually achieving what I set out to do all those years ago as a 97-year-old. No, but it wasn't naive then, really, was it, looking back? It was actually very no. sensible for a seven-year-old, I think. I suppose I didn't realise how taxing <laughs> this job is. <laughs> um, and I still have hopes of one day being an independent children's lawyer and adding that to our repertoire at Family Law Life. Um, yeah, so, but that's all in the future. Yeah, great. I mean, Jackie's got, I suppose, double-fold history of her parents' divorce and also her own. Yes, and also, um, yeah, my parents' divorce was an extremely bitter one. And again, I don't think my parents ever really healed their relationship. And we are often recalling, you know, bought into, you know, point scoring or positional type sort of scenarios, you know, where parents were sort of fighting off against one another. And just even, you know, even as a matter of a couple of years ago, sort of shutting down one parent saying, I, you know, build a bridge, move on. You know, I'm not interested in having this conversation with you about what happened 20 years ago, you know. Yeah. So, um, and that also led to, 
Um, my now ex-husband, um, he had a very bitter experience with the mother of his daughter um, and they were embroiled in court proceedings for many, many years, which of course I assisted with, but I was completely emotionally, you know, entailed in that sort of uh, dispute as well. So that, that relationship is completely broken down and it's also broken down between um, my ex-husband and his now 18-year-old daughter. So that was a very sad case. Mm. So during all of this, um, I was thinking about how I could actually change my focus, you know, in working in family law to help families, you know, find a better way. So that's when I started looking at collaborative law, started looking at other options, you know, to help people, you know, change the focus of divorce. So um, whilst I've been doing it for um, a couple of years now, Danny and I now at Family Law Life are really putting that into play. Mm. Um, and we always come back to the fact that everyone does have options and um, there's got to be a better way for families. And, I, and as you said earlier, Lucy, um, you know, in my divorce, you know, four years ago, I did a lot of work on myself before the relationship ended um, and it made all the difference. So, yes, I can happily say that, you know, my daughter's father and I are on the same page. Mm. Uh, we do have difficult times, but I've learned to bite my tongue. <laughs> And I do love an analogy, so I'm always, I always picture myself driving and looking ahead at the road ahead of me rather than looking back in the rear vision mirror. And it's so, it's so much easier when you let that go um, and focus on the future um, and really, really stay away from that past where all those horrible memories live. So um, I have a very, you know, happy, healthy and flourishing 10-year-old who has the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, it is possible, isn't it? And um, I think that's important for people to know that however hard it might seem at one point on your journey, as you say, there are options, there are choices, and there is a way out. And um, there's proof, I'm proof, you're proof. But what I find really interesting about what you both said then was how the effect of a negative um, divorce can last so long. Um, Danny, you were saying that even now, you you know, it's yeah. something that you still haven't really entirely got over. And I don't think people realise at the time that this is something that is just deep rooted in our kids if we don't get it right. And so that's why it's so important, isn't it, to, 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 yeah. to do things right. And if we do things right, there's actually some positives that can come from it. Absolutely. I think there's a real danger as single mums, we unknowingly make the eldest child the new husband, and I know that's controversial to say, but you rely on the eldest child, especially when there's younger siblings, to give you that bit of support because you need it. You're in survival mode. And I suppose as the eldest child, I never, I never really let go of that position and I'm still always taking care of the family, the head of the family. And, you know, we need to somehow find a way to allow our children to still be children. Mm. And I see that Jackie has done that really well. And it's really inspiring to see how she parents her daughter and um, has found a way to do that. Because it is, it's a hard road to navigate, that's yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what would you say are the most common mistakes that couples make during their separation that have that horrible negative impact on their children and how can we avoid them? Um, one of the big mistakes is in that first phone call that I'll get from a, a mum or a dad, they'll ask, well, what are my rights when it comes to my children? Okay, and that's the, probably the first huge mistake 
because as parents we do not have any rights when it comes to our children. In fact, it's our children that have the rights. We are the adults, we have the responsibilities, okay? Children have the right to have a meaningful relationship with both their parents as long as there's no risk, okay? So we first establish, is there any risk? And if there isn't, how do we facilitate that relationship with both parents, okay? And it's about their right to that relationship. So that's probably the first big mistake is thinking that we have rights that we somehow have ownership over our children, and, and we simply don't. Um, there's a few others. I'm, I'm just so, I, I am absolutely amazed by that, what you've just said, because it is so true, isn't it, that we think that we have rights, but we don't have rights at all, do we? We all go into it thinking it's all about us. Right. But it's we not. bring them into the world and then they're their own people, you know. Mm. It's hard to see it that way. It's hard to let go. Yeah, we're just here to guide them and help them. Yeah, that's right. And look, the Family Law Act specifically says that, you know, the best interests of children are paramount. So, it, again, even the legislation talks about the children's best interest in their rights. It doesn't mention anything in there about the parents, you know, rights. It's all about responsibilities. And, you know, not that we go to court that often, but there's, I've stood before many judges who have um, made those, you know, directed those same words from the bench to the, everyone in the courtroom. And um, it's more powerful <laughs> when it's coming it's from a cranky judge on a bench. Yeah, just to remind us. Uh, remind us that, yeah, it is about the kids. You know, what is best for the kids? It's so important. And even in discussions or negotiations or whatever the case may be, uh, another mistake parents make is to talk about, you know, my child, my daughter, my son. Mm. Um, we really help our clients in sort of changing their attitudes and their language because, mm. you know, again, children aren't possessions. Mm. What's um, they are obviously very important, special people in our lives that we need to, you know, make sure that we do the right things for. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's another mistake that we, that, you know, can be made as well. And even in, you know, our documentation, when we do make applications to the court, we're very mindful that we discuss the children by name or our children, our child, because that's really a red flag for a judge. As soon as you start talking about the children as a possession, um, yeah, they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, can I, I just have to, talking about the way that we talk as well, and it's slightly off topic, but it's funny because... When you're married and you've got kids, you refer to mum as mum and dad as dad. But mm. then what I find, and I try not to do now, is I say, your dad. You're going to your dad's. <laughs> and it isn't that funny because, and I, I try to stop myself doing it, but he's still just dad, actually. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but for some, so why do we do that? Why do we try to put your in front of it? Because it means so much, doesn't it, actually? It's one word, but it means a lot. Okay. And going back, Lucy, to what I was saying about, you know, chat, whether or not you're chatting with, um, you're, you're speaking with the other party, the other parent, whatever the case may be, whether it's sitting down at the table, you're over the phone or over an SMS, you know, through lawyers at court or, you know, in mediation, mm. Um, it's it's really best to try and stay focused on the future. Try not to live too much in the past um, and really avoid all that point scoring or becoming entrenched in positions because that only just leads to increased conflict 
Um, and as many people may already know, obviously increased legal costs, which you know we in the family law profession <laughs> are um, reminded about all the time. So conflict equals legal fees, mm -hmm. as far as we're concerned. So um, really need to stay focused, you know, for the future. It's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And education. Yeah. Of education. So we always, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients in helping educate them and. Although we're family lawyers and it's what we do and it's our business, you know, we're not always the best people to help. So, you know, we we often um, refer our clients off for counselling, child psychologists, you know, child-focused professionals or mediators mm -hmm. who are potentially better able to assist, you know, in yeah. a negotiation or a discussion about what's best for children. Yeah, we'll often hear ourselves saying, well, you're just actually not ready for us right now. Happy to give you some advice as to options but really you've got a bit of work to do before you consider what type of agreement you can come to you need to get yourself into some therapy you need to sit down with a mediator and have some productive conversations before you are thinking legals and um, I suppose that is something new <laughs> to come from a lawyer's mouth because we yes. do as employee lawyers, you know, and we've always been this way, we've always had budgets to adhere to. So it's daunting at first to say, well, let's throw the budgets out the window, which is what we've done, and let's focus purely on what is best for this family. And sometimes that means not speaking to a lawyer right now, mm. speaking to other people who are more appropriate. And, and look, that's another mistake. I suppose that people make is you're in a very vulnerable position when you're recently separated and when you go to a lawyer it's very tempting to say tell me what to do mm. scared I don't know what to do it's easier to hide behind you and this is subconscious of course but it's very confrontational and so often people will go see a lawyer the lawyer will go do hours and hours of work a couple of weeks later, all this stuff has started and that creates animosity with your ex. And it wasn't really your intention. You just didn't know what to do. So I advise people to always ask for their options, okay? And ask for it in a simple email or, you know, if just have it down in writing, write it down yourself when you're in the meeting with the lawyer because you might not be ready to action on that right now, but at least you can look at it in six months time and look back at what your options are because it's always going to be your life it's your children your family we don't know what's best for your family we're just lawyers we know the law we can apply the law to your family and help you in that way but it always has to be your choice don't let anyone take over okay it can be really appealing to let someone take over when you're in that vulnerable position but you're just delaying the work. You're going to have to do the work on yourself to be able to co-parent effectively. You can either do it now or you'll do it in four years when the court proceedings are over. But eventually you're going to have to do it. So it's going to cost you a lot less yeah. to do it now. Yeah. And it's better for your kids. And it's that saying, isn't it? You hear it in all the movies talk to my lawyer or I'll see you in court. They're all very aggressive sayings, aren't they? <laughs> so the, min the minute anyone mentions the word lawyer, um, mm -hmm. people, it, it takes it to a different level, I think. And you almost, 
certainly caught you, you can't come back from there can you? you you've taken it to that that your relationship has with your ex has has kind of hit a new low when you start um dealing with courts and things like that so everything you can do to avoid it um like you say there's so many options that can be taken prior to going to the lawyer and it's so much of it's fear isn't it that we have it is fear Mm. but we've had some success lately we've had a matter in court that's been in court for quite a while and we've taken over from another lawyer and this family has gone from a mum having only supervised time with her children not speaking to the father a lot of animosity a lot of fighting and all it's taken is us picking up the phone to the other lawyer and saying, what we can, what can we do to help this family? We've got to stop this. This is ridiculous. And just this weekend, the father and the mother spent a whole day together with the children and they're mending the relationship. So it doesn't mean, you know, they're ever going to be in love again or anything like that, but they're able to co-parent. Yeah, they're, communica- just, they're communicating, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Communication is always key, mm-hmm. and whilst it may you know, be extremely daunting to ever consider that, um, there can't be co-parenting without appropriate communication. Mm. Um, so that's why, like Danny said before, you, know, you need to work on yourself. You need to help the kids. You know, ultimately, um, you know, if they need any assistance, and um, ultimately, that's you know our goal. But look, I mean, we're talking, Lucy, about a lot of amicable relationships and lots of amicable options. But, you know, it's also really important to say that, you know, coming back to the children's best interests and, you know, being, you know, having the opportunity to spend time with both parents, if any risks are involved, we need to take those very seriously because obviously that can change the whole dynamic about our approach and also mm-hmm. the options. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, um, the risks, you know, that would um, prevent a child spending any time with a parent would involve things like domestic violence, mm-hmm. drug and alcohol um, abuse, uh, mental illness, and any sort of criminal activity. So I think it's really important to say that yeah. because obviously that changes the landscape enormously in terms of options and the way that we would progress. But you know, Danny and I still take the similar attitude that, we're, you know, regardless of the circumstances, we apply the same principles at all times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, talking about the communication that we were uh, just discussing now, I mean, that's really big between, we're talking about here, communication between the um, the couple and that's right. um, their, their lawyer or their mediator. But of course, it also plays a really big part in how our children deal with divorce um, and it's very age relevant. But how much do our children actually need to know about the divorce and separation and can we provide too much or too little information? I suppose you've really got to keep it age appropriate, but as a general rule, we tell our clients that children shouldn't be involved at all in discussions about their parents' separation and divorce. Now, sometimes that's unavoidable and in the heat of the moment and with emotion, they are going to hear things that they shouldn't. And if you need help in negotiating those complicated conversations, we always recommend a child psychologist. That is their profession. They know how to navigate these discussions and there shouldn't be any shame in reaching out and asking for help in that way. Um, You know... As soon as we start relying on our children and using them to point score and as pawns in, I suppose, the conflict, 
that's when we're creating the real damage. So, yeah, well, we have this saying that, and we there's a lot of research on it, that divorce does not damage children. It's conflict that damages children. You can have conflict in your marriage. You can have conflict in your divorce, right? Either way, that's what the damage is. So, I love that. That is yeah. so true, isn't it? And it changes everything when you think of it like that. Yeah. Um, so that uh, I might, can I borrow that phrase? Oh, I like oh. it. <laughs> And Lucy, what I often say to my, you know, to my daughter and also to my clients that, you know, when she's having a hard time sort of unpicking something or unpacking something, yeah. I just say, look, that's for me and your dad to sort out. I just need you to get on with being, you know, in the business of being a kid and mm. enjoying life and enjoying everything that you do. This is not anything for you to worry about. I will fix it or dad and I will fix it. And, and you know, from my daughter's perspective, I can see her usually visibly relaxed. Mm. And she's like, okay, great. You know, you almost need to empower your children just to get on with, you know, their lives and being kids. And yeah. it gets to those responsibilities of being a parent. That's yeah. right. So that's also another good one to, you know, to tell your kids is that, you know, it's not for them to worry about. Just get on with life. We'll sort yeah. it out. That's, that's our job. Mm-hmm. I think as well with, I know with my kids that we had a fairly amicable breakup, my ex and I, but there have been times when it's been difficult when we've had to make big decisions around things like schooling and stuff like that and you know they've become quite involved um, because you try not to to get them involved but they they do become involved and they they can get quite upset and sometimes I have to say to my kids as well look you know we might be disagreeing about something but that actually is human nature. <laughs> it's okay every now and then to have a disagreement. And if we were still married and living together, we would probably be disagreeing over this topic. It, you know, we still can, it's okay. We're not all going to be smiling all the time. Sometimes there are issues that have to be worked through. So don't worry so much if, if it isn't all you know, unicorns and rainbows because it will all be all right and we'll make sure it will be because we're your parents and that's what we do. That's right. So, yeah, it's human nature to disagree and that's yeah. just part of life. Yeah. It is, it is, it's part of life. And I think just being, you know, they, they you sold it to them almost that, look, we're not together anymore, so we're not going to argue anymore. Yeah. But there are going to be the odd arguments and that's okay. That's okay to do that. Um, but you don't need to worry about it. Like you say, Jackie, it's just, mm-hmm. it's be a kid, enjoy your life because, God, it gets hard when you get older. Absolutely. <laughs> And do you know what, kids at the end of the the day, um, in terms of communication, they just need routine, stability and predictability. So, you know, even if there is not great communication or co-parenting and there's more like a parallel type sort of situation where there's not great communication between mum and dad, um, you know, so the kids know what their routine is. You know, a calendar on the fridge is a fantastic way for kids to understand where they're moving and how where they're going to be from day to day. Like I remember, you know, um, we had a calendar on the fridge and it was all you know pink for mum and blue for dad's time (laughs) Mm. Um, and my daughter would often go to the fridge to find out what she was doing and where she was going to be and she took responsibility in that and she enjoyed you know being able to sort of understand where she was going and that's about creating new routines because it's a new way of life rather than trying to hold on to the way things were it's a perfect opportunity for new routine isn't it and to put other things into their life that are going to help them with this new path that's right so look, I like to flip the coin on everything and find positives <laughs> if I can. There usually are some in there and I'm sure there are um, 
some positives in what we're talking about. In your opinion, um, if you handle your separation well, what do you think your children can learn from it that can actually help them later on in life? Well, I'm a big believer that children need a happy mum, okay? Especially when they're little, their primary attachment is to their mum. And so I think that there's a lot of good that comes out of separation. If you're happier separated, then that's going to be better for your children. But as we spoke about before, about how disagreement is part of life, that's really what your children are going to learn is that sometimes you disagree. Sometimes you have fallings out, falling out. Sometimes you lose friendships. It's all part of life. And um, they're going to learn a hell of a lot of resilience from it if it's done the right way. And, I mean, even as a kid, I remember dreaming about my parents reuniting. But in reality, if I really thought about, do I want to go back to all the yelling and fighting? No, it was a relief. Mm. So, I don't know, that's kind of a mixed bag. But I think there's a lot of good that can come out of separation, absolutely. Um, especially if it's, if it's a healthier environment for the children. That can only be a good thing. Mm. Yeah course i think that it actually gives our kids quite a few practical skills um i am a scatty blonde by nature i have a million <laughs> um apps and things all over the place to help me to remember what i have to do every day um so i have managed that my two daughters are mini me's um but they have become much more organized um, because they have to be and being organized between two homes they then start taking that into school um, and to be organized in your schoolwork gives you a massive um, head start I think um, in everything and they learn acceptance and empathy so as I say I do like to pick out the positives of everything but I do think that if we get these this divorce stage right they yeah. can come out of it um, with some really cool skills. And look, Lucy, I think that even as um, parents, even if one of us gets it right, it's a long way to assisting your kids in terms of their education and their development. We can't always control what the other is doing, but we can control the impact about the other person's behaviour upon the family and our children. And just, you know, continually promoting a positive message, you know, will go a long way you know, in that, you know, in the resilience that our kids, you know, will continue with. I think yeah. that's really important. And look, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. I tell all my clients how I'm, I'm always optimistic. I'm always flipping the coin. Um, and when I advise my clients, you'll always hear me again talk about options and, and you'll get the negative and the positive version from me. <laughs> well, you've been, through, you've been there as well, haven't you? And I, I think have, that's what yeah. helps so much as well, to have been there and gone through it. It's always always great when somebody's, I find, when someone's upset in any situation, just tell them something about yourself that's even worse yeah. and they feel yeah. better. Because <laughs> we're human. We might be family lawyers, but we are human. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, make mistakes. You know, we learn from our mistakes and, um, you know, and that's also a really positive message to send. Well, it is, isn't it? You know, we all learn from our mistakes. The most successful people in the world have had the most failures. 
and they yeah. learn from them yeah. and that's what's so important and it's great for our kids to see us just being human we're not perfect we're doing the best we can you know this isn't quite what we planned but then that's another lesson isn't it because life often doesn't go to plan everything's a phase and we just have to keep up with it and and, and we just all trundle along doing the best we can and I think it's important for them to see that and understand that as well we're trained we're really trained in law school to always think about the worst case scenario mm. and we always try and say well what's the best case scenario yeah you know, we can prepare for the worst but let's also be hopeful and I think there is room to be hopeful in family law and um, I hope that's what we bring yeah. when we to our clients yeah so um, is there anything that you can recommend in terms of resources um, for children that can help to smooth the divorce journey and maybe make it more understandable for them? Mm -hmm. um, from my point of view, I think um, as parents, we're the greatest role models for our children. Um, they look, they learn, and they watch, you know, they watch very carefully um, about what we do. So our own behaviours and how we deal with separation and divorce and life in general um, is going to reflect um, back to the children, regardless if you think that they're watching or not. So I think our own our own behaviours are really, really important. Yeah. I think it's also important to have a holistic approach to divorce. So lawyers are not psychologists and they really should be careful in purporting themselves to be so. And so I think it's really important to surround yourself with whoever you need to, and that might be a divorce coach um, that might be a counsellor, it might be a child psychologist, it might be a mediator, but su surround yourself with some support, okay, mm. because it will eventually be taxing on your relationships and sometimes you need professional support as well. Um, as do our kids. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, in terms of the kids, we've, I think it's always helpful to have a great book so we've got a whole bunch of books in our office because we have a lot of little kids coming in. Um, and so, yeah, we could give you a list of our favourite books if that's helpful for our listeners. Oh, that would be great. I can pop that up on the website maybe with the, the post um, where, where I do the podcast because people are often asking um, on my Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine, about resources um, for kids and books are the best aren't they you know they can just tell the story in a way that is totally on their level absolutely and I remember I did the same you know my, my daughter was prep age when we separated and um, I remember the, the dinosaur divorce was one of her favorites she thought that was fabulous <laughs> anything that sort of lightens it up a bit and also makes um, kids realize they're not in it alone. You know, this is actually um, quite a normal thing that happens in society. Um, and so much so that there are books about it. And um, and I think that does help feeling that they're, they're not alone. It's not an unusual circumstance to be I in. There's a book for older kids. I think it's called Divorce Sucks, which I think is so cool. Like, just put <laughs> yeah. it out, to be honest. <laughs> what age group is that book for? Oh, I think it's um, for tweens. <laughs> oh, I can okay. get I'll get yeah the... yeah I'd love to know a bit more about that I have yeah. to look it up on Google afterwards because I I tend I've actually done a blog quite a while ago now um, about books um, to help kids through divorce and I can remember there being lots um you know lots of picture book style um sort of probably probably for ages three to five something like that but 
for for the for the between for the teenagers and that it can be a little bit harder. Um, yeah, no, we've got a few for older kids. There's also what in the world do you do when your parents divorce? And I think there's a survival guide for um, parents divorce. There's a few, so I'll. I'll get that to you. But then the only challenge is getting them to pick the book up instead of their <laughs> iPhone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they make them actually in sort of, yeah, like that's iPad a, form. That's yeah, a they, good they would need to. For, that's a good business idea for Beanstalk. Uh, and oh, app. yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. Another idea. I've already got so many. It's just about to pick them all into action. Um, but look, there are there is so much out there. So, yeah. We'll pop a list um, onto the Beanstalk website as well, and perhaps with some links through to where people can find these books as well. So that will be handy. Now, um, I am conscious of the time, and I knew that this was going to be one of those podcasts that I'd have to check myself um, for chatting too long, because we've got so much incredibly helpful information to share but um, I am aware that we've got lots of single mums listening who are spinning those plates um, especially as it's still school holidays for us at the moment um, and they're all doing a marvellous job of it I'm sure so before we go um, I know you've got um, an offer for the Beanstalk mums so can you just tell us about that and also where the listeners can go to find out a little bit more about you Sure, Lucy. Well, um, we're happy to um, offer Beanstalk and Single Mum Fine uh, listeners a free half an hour consultation. Um, we can do that over the fine phone uh, via Skype, or we certainly also have offices in Melbourne and Sydney. We'd be all happy to organise a conference for any of your listeners. Um, and yeah, in terms of finding us, you can Google us, Family Law Life. We've got a website. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. <laughs> and you'll also see me trolling through your single mum vine occasionally, <laughs> putting up the odd posts every now and again. Yeah. No, we love having you on there, Jackie. Thank you for your help on the single mum vine. And anyone listening, just go and have a look at this website because it is the best website I've ever seen for lawyers. It just, you know, when you open up usually a, a lawyer's website, it just, I can almost feel my my heart beating faster as I get nervous. <laughs> but you've just got the coolest website. So even if you don't need a family lawyer right now, just go and have a look because it is yeah, so cool. It really just shows our personality and yeah. we try and not take ourselves too seriously. That's right. It shows that we are humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look at it and you sort of almost breathe a sigh of relief straight away. God, there's people out there who are like me who can help me. This is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so cool. Well done on your website. I love it. There's some educative tools on the website as well. It'll give you a brief overview about how we approach things. And again, yeah, it comes back to options. But we're certainly always happy to have a chat, you know, with any of your listeners, you know, respond to an email, whatever the case may be. Thank you so much. And it's just such a hugely important subject. After all, our kids are our most precious commodities. Um, And if we can get through our divorce with them understanding and accepting it, then surely we've performed our duties as parents, even though we have these unforeseen and difficult times. Danny, Jackie, you are amazing. Thank you for everything you do for separating families. And thank you for being the voices of a fairer future for those of us who need the service of family law. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. And to all the single mums listening, remember that kids are not affected by divorce. They are affected by conflict. 
I'm going to yeah. keep using that one. I hope you don't mind, ladies. Absolutely. <laughs> from someone else. I'm sure. Did you? Oh, that's okay. That makes me feel better. But so just consider how your lawyers are working with you. Are they considering your children? Are they kind? Are they understanding? Because they should be. Like we were saying earlier, surround yourself with the right people at this difficult time. Learn from it and move on happily into the next phase of your life. Until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>